That's right, we're a Riverdale Recap Podcast, here to talk to you about Chapter 128, Halloween 2, written by Felicia Ho and directed by Ronald Paul Richard. What's the Silver Shamrock? It's it's the jingle from the movie Halloween 3, but like this is the last season, they're never getting to Halloween 3. Oh, <laughs> I haven't seen those. Okay. So I would not know. Why do they talk about Shamrock in Halloween? No one knows. Is it like a call out to like the leprechaun? They're not connected. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is correct. Uh, Halloween has never been in the hood or back in the hood. Yeah. Yeah. What if they were connected? <laughs> what? If, I what mean, if it's they about were? six months apart. Like there could uh-huh, uh-huh. there could be like a weird like I don't know. If we can have Christmas in July, we we can have uh, uh, leprechauns in Halloween. I was gonna say some cosmic connection that makes like the goblins and the leprechauns like commune with each other or some mm-hmm, shit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And Warwick Davis is there. Sure. He played the leprechaun in the leprechaun. I movies. I know. Okay. Kind of. <laughs> you kind of know that. <laughs> I kind of knew. Michael Myers is there. I. Oh, different one. Yeah. <laughs> different one than who I immediately thought of. I was like, no. Well, no, he's there too. Wait, what? He just got an invitation. He's, he's, oh, he's okay. a fun guy at parties. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because every time that fucks me up when they like say it, I automatically <laughs> think of Mike Myers and I'm so confused every time. And that's why there's that one really funny bit of, of uh, Baby Driver. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, this episode... <laughs> what? What? I'm trying to keep us moving you. like you always want. Yeah. So why are you laughing at me? Because it was funny. Okay. Because, like, I can keep the banter going for another few minutes. Like, are I got material. Sure? What is your material? Let's hear it. I want to know. I will lay it on me. You don't get a no now. I want to know. No, you. I want to know. You want me to keep. I want to give me the banter. <laughs> give me the happy anniversary. I love you so much. Give me the banter. You just experienced it. Okay. Congratulations. <laughs> That's self-service banter. Wait a minute. <laughs> so uh, we uh, start this episode mm-hmm. with our good buddy Jughead, mm-hmm. uh, who's like. You know, after my encounter with the crazy cat lady, I went to Sheriff Keller. Yes, our our dear enemy, Sheriff yes. Keller. Because the sheriff is here to make his job real easy by denying that any crime has ever occurred anywhere. And, and Jughead's all like, you know, okay, here's my milkman theory. Here, here's, There's a killer milkman at large. And and Keller's like, no, Ray Bat, Brad, Brad, nope, Brad. <laughs> Very different men. <laughs> Over the last couple of weeks in particular, very different men. Nope. Brad Rayberry definitely killed himself. And he's like, you've established that. I haven't. I don't agree <laughs> with this. And Keller's like, just get out of here. Go. Go, you child. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Uh, so Jughead's at, uh, home, and he's, like, getting out some milk to drink, and then it suddenly dawns on him that there's a killer milkman, and so he immediately dumps that down the drain, and is like, oh, fuck no. A killer milkman who has stabbed two people and hung a third. So it means that he likes to kill people in more than one sure, way, sure, and poisoning sure. milk It's next might, on the list. Yes. 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 So he becomes milk-phobic for the the remainder of this episode. And I love it. Uh, So we go check in on uh, Veronica, who's Mm -hmm. like realizing, oh, it is like close to Halloween, my time to shine. Apple picking and whatnot. So she decides to pull out her witch's costume, Mm -hmm. which consists of a bathing suit, basically, (laughs) and a very, very long piece of tulle. And a hat. And wears that to school and is very stunned to see the other teenagers not dressed up in such a way. You know. In the 50s. You know the that time when the lady dressed up as a Baba Duke for a Halloween party and everyone else there it was like an adult's drinking wine vibe? <laughs> That's Veronica at school today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the kids are all drinking wine. Uh, so. I mean, yeah, they are. So she goes to the lounge and is like, yo, fellow students, what gives? Mm-hmm. And, and they're like, hey, your costume is the bee's got dang knees. We love it. But Halloween is banned for teenagers, say the teenagers surrounded by Halloween decorations. We're allowed to see it, but we cannot participate. <laughs> Children can do- go trick or treating, mm-hmm. but we have to stay home. Because some teenagers died a few years ago on a bridge. Yeah. Not because they were dancing or anything, (laughs) but because they were celebrating Halloween. This is more responsible. This is more like cause and effects than Footloose, I will say. Yes, because they were out out raising a hell. Yeah, they were were making a, a, a holiday ruckus. You can't be doing that. Yeah. And I, I do love that in the background of every time Veronica's on screen, like her camera angle, Dilton is just hunched over a table all blurred out. So we find out that uh, Greendale, however, does not fall under this. They right, really right. embrace Halloween over there, which makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then what they normally do on Halloween is stay home and like pass out candy to the children who are allowed right, to be out. Right. We also find out that in Duck Creek, they don't really celebrate Halloween. And you know why? Because the houses are too far apart to trick or treat. I understand Reggie's plight. I'm pretty sure Duck Creek has a population of three, recently become two. His parents could have handed him a lollipop. (laughs) I don't know. I've seen the state of their farm. I don't think they can. They gotta save that for Christmas. So Veronica's all like, you know, teenagers need Halloween. They need to be able to dress up. They need to be able to kiss someone in the dark. They have to honor the dead. And Midge is like, what? What do you mean honor the dead? I will say this. Veronica does not honor the dead over the course of this episode at all. Not really. I, would, I find her actions dishonorable toward the dead. There is, like, one scene that is fine, and the rest is a little oof. <laughs> so she explains how back in L.A., her family would have a big bash, mm-hmm. and then they would light candles for the dead because of Day of the Dead. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and it was like their one family tradition, and she loved it. Uh, and she she you know, gets a look on her face during all this. But then... She's interrupted. By Jughead. The Milk Crusader. Coming in and suddenly super zooming in on all the milk <laughs> cartons being drank across the student lounge. There's a lot of milk in here. And he just yells, put those milk cartons down. And, uh, and then he, there's he like, oh wait. He exhorts them to not drink any fresh milk, only powdered. Drink powdered milk. Okay. And it like storms out. <laughs> And no one thinks, let me go see what's wrong with Jughead. No one does. No one could possibly figure out what's wrong with Jughead. So Jughead then does the most surprising thing in all of existence, and Mm -hmm. that is calls Ethel. Oh my god. Ethel Ethel exists. Ethel's alive. She's real. She's on camera. They cut to her in the Sisters of Quiet Mercy taking this call. And the way this call goes implies that... They have been in somewhat regular contact. We've just never seen it before. And we have to remember the timeline we figured out. It's only been a couple weeks, so it's <laughs> not that bad. That long. Uh, he fills her in on like, hey, you remember that, you know, Brad Rayberry? And she's like, oh, the writer. Yeah, the, the author of November County. This is a reference to The October Country, a collection of a few dozen of his short stories. And so he fills her in on like, yeah, he was murdered. And I think it was by a milkman, too. <laughs> and Ethel is like, hey, you know, I've been thinking about something. I wonder who wrote the milkman comic. Maybe they know something. Ah. Oh. 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 Maybe we should have been talking to Ethel all along. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe we should have. Uh, but she has to go because she's being stared down by a, a nun. Mm-hmm. Um, hate it when that happens. Yeah. Uh, and Jughead's like, I'm gonna figure this out. Meanwhile, well, mm-hmm. fixing up Reggie's car. Yes. We got Archie, we got Reggie, we got Betty. Doing the lion's share of the labor. And Archie's like, oh my god, Reggie, I cannot believe you haven't experienced a real Halloween. Uh, and as they chat, mm-hmm. Betty starts to have a fantasy. You know, you know how we spend... Years, actually years, being like, wow, Veronica only has one thing to do. And now this year, Veronica is maybe the best she's ever been. Uh-huh. There's been an exchange. Betty. <laughs> Betty only has one thing to do, and it's be super horny all the time. <laughs> so we have some super zoom. They really love super zoom. Uh-huh. Uh, some super zoom in on the abs and muscles of the boys. And... And then suddenly she starts fantasizing about a threesome makeout session, but is interrupted when they're like, hey, Betty, why don't we give him a real Halloween? And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. And uh, the three points that make a real Halloween are A, trick-or-treating, B, hanging out in the graveyard, and C, making out in a haunted house. All of which are possible in Riverdale. That's possible anywhere if you believe in haunted houses. Every neighborhood's got one. I I should think so. 
That's what I learned from To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah. That's the number one lesson people learn in To Kill a Mockingbird. Every town has a haunted house. The one in our neighborhood is that one house that has, like, all the stuffed animals, like, staked in the yard. Yes. That is definitely the haunted house. Yes. Because people definitely disappear in that house and do not come (laughs) out. Like, do not take candy from that man. (laughs) Or woman. I don't know who lives there. Don't take candy from that house. I've seen them. I've seen someone take groceries inside that house. I don't trust it. Like, <laughs> if you're staking teddy bears to your yard mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as lawn ornaments, something is amiss. <laughs> Something's moldy. I can tell you that much. House is so weird. <laughs> it's definitely the haunted house. Meanwhile, Veronica is hard at work slash at home because she lives at her job now. And she's searching the Babylonian archives? She's, like, looking at old promotional posters in a folder from the 40s. Yes. But then she hears a noise oh. in the projection room. And she goes to check it out. And what does she find? Kevin and Clay make now. Uh, I think you will find that they were just swinging by the office because b- because Clay left his keys there. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I trust uh-huh. Clay. He's a trustworthy man. And so then they're like, well, Veronica, what are you doing here so late? And she's like, uh, brainstorming? Work stuff. Businesses? Bus- in, I'm businessing. In my nightgown? It's a nightgown business now. Uh, but she's like, well, I'm glad you here the- are here, though, because I got an idea. For Halloween, we are going to host a ghost show. Mm-hmm. And uh, no one can object because we're going to keep the teens off the street. And Kevin's like, cool, what's a ghost show? <laughs> Well, it's a special party where they show a movie and do some interactive bits, and there's a dress code. There's a theme dress code. It's 1920s glam. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we get a fun title card. Extra spooky. Ah! ah there's a lady screaming over it. Yeah, it's, yeah. It sounds exactly like that. <laughs> it sounds exactly like you stepped on a mouse. <laughs> oh, no, Stuart Little. Oh, no. <laughs> come back there we are in the school and there's spooky music and veronica's announcing to all her ghost show these teens never sleep look look at how elaborate the booth they've set up in the hallway is. i mean teens don't sleep let's be honest these ones don't and they have like a a, a, i didn't (laughs) they have some electric miter saws to make it's it's incredible uh so she's all like we're gonna have this ghost show it's gonna be great uh, we're gonna celebrate Day of the Dead with a resurrection of the four that died! Veronica? Veronica, this is in incredibly poor taste. <laughs> Their families could be in the crowd you're talking to right now. Because they said it was only a few years ago. A few year- this is a small town! They're- they knew these people! Veronica, no! And I just, I, I mean, we'll talk about what it ends up being later, this but I so thought it- fucked up. I thought we were just going to get, like, a Ouija board, and that's not what we get. <laughs> no, it's so much worse. Um, so everyone rushes to buy tickets, because they're like, <laughs> yes, four dead teenagers. They're fucking monsters. So meanwhile, uh, Jughead goes to Dr. Fieldstone. Nope, not Dr. Fieldstone. Mr. Fieldstone. He can pretend to be a doctor. He <laughs> pretends to be an editor. And he's like, hey, do you know who wrote the Milkman comic? And he's like, no. You think I keep records of this shit? <laughs> but he's like, you know, most of our freelancers will be at the office Halloween party, though. Hey, you should come. 
I I guess I could invite you as our most prolific current freelancer. Of the only one that I remember (laughs) at the moment? (laughs) Tony goes to Cheryl and is like, hey, any plans for Halloween? Maybe we can uh, spend time together. And Cheryl does have plans. You see, there is an annual uh, a vixen sleepover at Thornhill, and this year is is just like any other. It's it's the social event of the season. Uh, and Tony's a little disappointed, and she's like, "Oh, I just thought, like, you know, you know, Halloween's the one time people wear masks, and it's like when we don't have to." Because you can be anything on Halloween. I feel like anything can happen on Halloween. You can Can. be a lesbian. (laughs) That's not how the song goes, but maybe you should. Uh, I've seen every other character for use a bike played. I think it should be in the song, (laughs) right? Has anybody seen my tambourine? He's playing a tambourine in that moment. (laughs) It's pretty obvious where the tambourine is. In my hand. I feel I feel like Tony Topaz is claiming Halloween for the gays a few decades early, but I could be wrong. Like it could it could I don't know. I don't know that much about the the history of Halloween, but I feel like that wasn't explicitly a gay culture thing until like well after the 50s. Maybe. I don't know. And maybe not. I I is there a book out there I on I don't know. Halloween gay culture. Give me a book that says Halloween is for the gays. 1930 to present. I would read that. That that would be a great book. I would very much like to read that, actually. (laughs) So, uh, at basketball practice, Uh Frank is like, yo, bulldog tradition for Halloween is y'all go out, like, being crazy. We're not going to do that shit. Frank is so out of touch. Because several bulldogs were in the lounge saying, we don't do shit on (laughs) Halloween. Frank, you've been at sea. The kids know. They already know. And they're like, oh, okay. And then the locker room, Julian's like, yeah, that was some bullshit. We're going to go raise hell. <laughs> Julian, goddammit. And Fangs is like, uh-uh, I'm not. I'm performing in a show with his Cosmo shirt. Yes, he's wearing a shirt for Cosmo the Merry Martian. Cosmo the Merry Martian was a, a short-lived comedy sci-fi book by Archie Comics, of course. That was resurrected as Cosmo the Mighty Martian in the year 2018. Yeah. Then they're all up on Reggie and Reggie's like, mm, no, I told my folks I wouldn't get into trouble out here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, Julian's like, ah, y'all bunch of wusses. We're going to meet at sundown in the parking lot. Yeah. Archie doesn't even say shit to him. He just like rolls his eyes like, I'm, I'm, no, I'm a good boy. I'm, I'm a good, nice boy. Instead, I'm going to go sneak around with a girl. <laughs> like good, nice boys do. Uh, so over in the girls' locker room, uh-huh. uh, Veronica and Betty are are chatting and uh, talking about how, like, Reggie hasn't had a Halloween. Mm-hmm. And uh, Veronica's I- like, so Betty, tell, tell me why you're really doing this. Why are you invested in the boys' Halloween? Because Reggie makes her heart go all aflutter. Just like it still does for Archie. <laughs> and Veronica's like, ah, so you're going to use Halloween to see which way your love compass points, right? <laughs> Veronica loves helping teens make out. It's her favorite thing. Yes. It's a really endearing quality she's developed. <laughs> she just wants to be a matchmaker. 
Matchmaker, matchmaker. <laughs> this is not the musical episode. That's a few weeks away, dear. Ugh, do we know what it is? There was an announcement yesterday. What? What is it? I missed it. I missed the announcement. The episode is called Archie the Musical. Oh, is it a jukebox musical? It is the opposite. It is all original songs written for the episode. Oh, fuck. God damn. We got no way to predict what's going on. I don't think they've announced the name of the songwriters. Songwriters slash writers. Fuck. Dang. Let's go be interested. Wild card. I can't wait to have Jughead singing about milk. (laughs) (laughs) And Archie singing about how he has to get his head in the game. Oh, wait. That's already taken. (laughs) Betty singing about orgies. Yeah. This this is what it's going to be. Yeah. Ooh, and then we can have, like... Ghost Angel Tabitha. Ah, is she the narrator? Sort of a Joseph the Technicolor Dreamcoat style. Maybe. We have a singing narrator. Maybe. Yeah. That'd be cool. That would be cool. I mean, I guess that would have to be Jughead, though, because Jughead's normally the narrator. Well, Jughead doesn't exist outside of time and space the way a good narrator should. I, just, mm, I don't know. I can't wait to know more. <laughs> Well, I wasn't going to say anything until we were at the end of the episode. <laughs> you could have made me wait. No, I said, not with that look in your eye, dear. <laughs> yeah. The announcement came out on our 10-year anniversary. It's it's Archie Comics' gift to us. It was a, and I missed it. <laughs> I missed it. I was too busy looking at all the cast photos from, like, the last day of filming. Because <laughs> everyone was posted on Instagram. So meanwhile, uh-huh. uh, it is dinner time at the Blossoms, and uh-huh. uh, Penelope's like, you know, Cheryl, about your sleepover with the Vixens, I think uh, it shouldn't be in your room, but instead in the Great Hall where people, like, can watch, because there's less opportunity for hanky-panky. Also, you're not, like, eight anymore. Your bodies have all grown a lot. You're just stuffed to the walls in there. Have you seen Cheryl's room? They're fine. <laughs> So, uh, over at the Babylonium, Veronica, Kevin, and Clay are, like, decorating, and Alice struts in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they are hanging a seven-foot-long spider from the ceiling. Yes. <laughs> I would like to know where they got that. On did such she, short notice. Did she make them make it from paper mache <laughs> Are they really that good? She's keeping that newspaper in business just for paper mache reasons. Yes. Uh, so Alice uh, is like, oh, you know, I thought I'd pop in. Uh, you do know, like, in Riverdale on Halloween, everyone stays home and watches Mr. Cooper and I. Yeah, yeah, they do this, like, sven ass TV block on Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. And and so Alice is feeling a little threatened that, that people might go for other entertainment this year. Uh, but she will allow Veronica to have her little ghost show because it won't affect their ratings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-mm. No way. Uh, she even says, quote, you've been put on notice. Ugh. What the fuck? Like, are you, are you f- eight? <laughs> so uh, Jughead is stocking up his shelves with powdered milk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And who should appear at the Palace of Powdered Milk but Ethel Muggs? Ethel Muggs comes in the door like a horror film, mm-hmm. covered in mud, to a shocked Jughead. And what we find out is that she... Uh, she rescued her own damn self. She got sick of waiting in there. It sucks. Yeah, she heard about the tunnels, 
And she was like, you know what? I'm going to leave through those tunnels. Yes, Fuck this shit. I hate this. It's bad. No one cares that I was in there. It sucks so much. And so Drughead's like, well, what's your plan? Because they're going to come looking for you. And she's like, I'm going to be 18 in like a couple months. I just got to hide out until then. <laughs> uh, so he's like, well, I have an idea about where you can stay. And I'm like, sex hole! Sex hole! <laughs> but we don't know about the sex hole. He has a... He has, <laughs> He puts her in the sex penthouse. So instead, we are staying at Brad Rayberry's former apartment because it's paid out for the year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No one else is using it. It's not like it's an active crime scene or anything, at least not according to the sheriff. No, he killed himself. It was fine. Uh, and the way she looks at him, she's so happy. She's just, her, her heart is warmed by the idea of Jughead, like, taking care of her. Even though it is just in service of having another assistant in his current murder investigation. Jack had a kind of a clueless boy. He doesn't seem to really be interested in like what she what she mentions they're abusive. He has no follow-up questions. He doesn't say anything about like, oh, do you want to report that? No, he's just like, you can help me ask questions about this other thing I'm doing without you. Well, it is the 50s. No (laughs) one's going to care what she reports. Jughead should care. So he's like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go down to the five and dive and get you a Halloween mask so that way you can walk the streets and avoid the fuzz. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Which is actually very smart because it's Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like the first Halloween episode. Halloween. (laughs) Yeah. Back at school, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, Midge comes to Cheryl in the bathroom and is like, hey, I would like to request leave from the sleepover. No, sleepovers are mandatory. And she's like, oh, okay. It was just Fangs was performing and I kind of hoped I could see it. But like, I understand. And then Cheryl's like, wait. Oh, okay, fine. We can be cheer besties. Uh, and she's like, so what if, like, I have Evelyn host the sleepover and, like, you and I can go, but we will never speak of it, what we saw or what we did to anyone else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not taking into the account that a whole lot of other people are going to be at this <laughs> party and see them there. You're only going to the most popular public place. <laughs> but it's okay. The vixens don't talk to anyone. That's true. They all suck. Um... Except Midge. Midge, get out of there, Midge. And Midge is like, okay, cool. Like, I'm really good at keeping secrets. And they're like, maybe we should trade secrets later. Besties? Maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you both have secrets for really good reasons. One of you, honestly, more than the other. So, uh, Jughead gets called into the principal's office and they're like, (laughs) hey, Mr. Jones, are you aware that Ethel went missing? They're like, hey, are you harboring a fugitive? And he says, no. And they say, should we search your train car? And he's like, you can. The door's open. Just try not to trash it like last time. (laughs) It's a very brief, silly scene. So over at uh, the Andrews household. Reggie Mantle is dressed as as a a Grant Morrison era X-Man. Yeah. What is this costume? It does not become clear what this costume is for a while. Mary made it, though, and it is impressive. Yes, she's good at her job. Uh, So he is going as that. Archie is going as a cowboy. They're they're getting dressed. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Reggie's like, man, I can't believe how much Betty knows about cars. <laughs> and Archie's like, yeah, about that. Like, did you ask her to help or did she offer? It's like, oh, well, she offered. And you know, I was getting some vibes off her. You know, vibrations. <laughs> and Archie's like, yeah, I've been getting vibes off her since before you came to town. So so by this point, as Reggie's continued to get dressed, he's supposed to be like a Buck Rogers spaceman. Uh-huh. So so we have like a longtime cowboy and a brand new spaceman comes to town and they're competing for the affections of this is Toy Story. They're doing Toy Story. <laughs> but with vibrations. <laughs> I want it to be Archie doesn't know what Reggie means, and he's like, yeah, she really likes to hum. <laughs> She's got those good vibration hums. Archie's like, do, wait, Reggie, do you think she wants to make it with one of us tonight? And they look in the mirror, and they're, Reggie's like, well, she's not blind. <laughs> We're pretty hot dudes. <laughs> so each of them is aware that both they and their, like, uh, uh, exchange student uh, basketball brother is hot. Yes. They, they form a pact. They have a bro code. Yeah, they're like, okay, as soon as we start to see which way she's leaning, the other one of us is going to peel out. <laughs> and they're both super chill with it and a little competitive, a little, like, faux-sibling rivalry, and they keep shooting each other with their toy guns. <laughs> car with to see the jalopy like all this shit is so fucking cute i've never seen somebody get ready to get laid before and thought oh you guys <laughs> it's a weird mood they're just such little dorks <laughs> so so at the pep comics christmas party jughead shows up Jughead, as a hobo jughead's a big old floppy hatted hobo and ethel is there just wearing a cheap plastic mask. Yeah. And they're greeted by Bernie. Bernie, the assistant, who has clearly had a couple of bumps before, during the party. He is wound up. Because he runs up and hugs Jughead, yelling his name <laughs> with such enthusiasm. To the point that it fucking confused. I was like, who is this who man? Who is this man? Who is this man? Uh, and it's Bernie, as he said, and... It's like, oh, and who's your friend? This is Ethel. You've met before. <laughs> you know, she works here. She She's the fastest artist alive. It's been a few weeks, but uh, yeah. She, she wrote six graphic novels and inked them. Uh, so over in the living room of the Cooper household, mm-hmm. uh, Archie and Reggie have been joined by Dilton, who is going to pose as their child. Because you need a child to go trick-or-treating. you need a child to go trick-or-treating. Dilton is, like, what, two inches shorter than them? Yes. It's not an appreciable difference, especially when he puts on his actual giant pumpkin pumpkin head. Yes. (laughs) And they're like, man, thanks, man, for, like, agreeing to join us. And he's like, anything for Betty. So, so Betty comes down the stairs and she's dressed as like an Oktoberfest wench. <laughs> I wrote down, is she a milkmaid? 
Apparently, she is Goldilocks. Dilton is punching a hole in the bottom of that pumpkin on his lap as she comes down the stairs. And, you know, they're like, oh, you know, who are you? And she's like, I'm Goldilocks. You know, she couldn't decide on a bed, so she tried all three. (laughs) Steam comes out the ears of all three of these boys. And so she walks out the door and they take off running after her like the jalopy. Meanwhile, through this whole scene, uh, Alice and Hal have been hosting their horror movie show. Yeah. And they suck so bad. It's so bad. It's so <laughs> you bad. hardly see it. You hardly hear any of it. It is horrible. It's so, it's so shitty. I love it. Uh, so they go trick-or-treating. And my favorite thing is when they op- the door gets opened and they yell trick-or-treating is Reggie posing with his gun. <laughs> I wish you could see it. I'm doing it right now. It's it was super great. cute. It's, think it's super think cute. one third of Charlie's angels. Yes. Is what he did. Mm-hmm. And it was adorable. Pick your favorite angel. He did that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, after they get some candy, they turn around because they hear screeching and it's the, the bulldogs smashing mailboxes. Uh, yes. It's, it's Julian and three unnamed bulldogs in full skeleton costumes and masks. And this... Is too much for Dilton. Dilton's like, uh-uh, I'm going home. I'm dressed as a pumpkin, and they have bats. <laughs> He's a logical young man. And it, Very sensible thinking. And Betty's like, it's okay, Dilton. That's fine. We have a cemetery to get to. <laughs> it's basically an episode of The Bachelor. She's going on a date with three guys and, like, eliminating them one by one. Yes. Yes, she is. Uh, so over at the Babylonium, uh, the giant dance party is in full swing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fangs is uh, dressed as a vampire and is the main source of entertainment. If Veronica would have put any of this budget toward herself, she could have her own apartment right now. Yes. This is so lavish. It is. It's it's decorated uh, uh, top to bottom. Everyone's dressed to the nines. Yes. It looks like a really fun party. It looks like a great party. People are swinging, having a great time. I wish parties were actually like this. There's a spooky, sexy clown. Gotta have one of those. I don't know. Actually, if you do, but okay. (laughs) Uh, So Midge and Cheryl show up and uh, Tony's like, hey, you're here. And she's like, yeah, as far as vixens know, we got the flu. You mean that thing that killed my parents? (laughs) So they go to get ready for the show. Mm-hmm, Over mm-hmm. at the pet party, Ethel is helping with the uh, caricatures. Yes, she's sitting down and like banging out art at a comic book company's party. And Jughead is meanwhile like harassing everyone of, did you write the Milkman comics or do you know who? So he goes from writer to writer to writer. Two of these writers play unnamed characters in Star Trek Beyond. Like, so-and-so bridge crew is one of their credits. Nice. Yeah. He eventually gets to the third guy who didn't do it, but he says, oh, yeah, Ted did it. Ted wrote that one. And he's like, Ted? Ted Sullivan? Where can I find Ted Sullivan? Like, you can't. Ted died. And he's like, what? Yeah, a few weeks after he wrote it, he hung himself, and his note said that, uh, what was the point of living because he wouldn't write another thing as good? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Which really puts in light the the middle person Jughead asked. He's like, yeah, that story fucking blows. Does yes. that guy know the story? Does everyone here hate the dead? And then this guy talks about how the enemy is here. 
Yes. The enemy is at home. The enemy is is not the Red Menace. The enemy is not the Hun. He says the enemy is not the Axis of Evil, a phrase that would not be coined for roughly 50 years. Yeah. But I do appreciate the anti-establishment sentiment. Apparently, yes. the, the theme of this story that has never really been described beyond the cover of the comic is is a, a very anti-establishment the the true enemy of america is the the the, reg- the regressive suburban 1950 america yeah yeah it's it's all it's edward scissorhands is what it is yes yeah and jughead is just like what <laughs> I've never considered this before. Me, living during the height of McCarthyism. Is he going to have a Pleasantville moment? (laughs) Betty is trying so hard to have a Pleasantville moment. Uh Uh-huh. She's trying to have lots of them with many people. Yes. She really wants... Is Betty colorblind? Is that the thing? (laughs) She She doesn't know she's already in color, so she's trying to fuck as many people as she can to try to get her color, but she's... Pleasantville to the revenge. But, like, Betty, you're already in Technicolor. It's okay. (laughs) She's going to burn down all of Fox Forest. (laughs) So, meanwhile, Reggie and Betty are standing in the uh, graveyard howling. Because there are wolves about, speaking of Fox Forest. And uh, Reggie's like, you know, wolves howl, howl to attract a mate. And she's like, how do you know that? Well, there were wolves back home in Duck Creek. (laughs) She's like, were you scared? Nah, they never gave me trouble because I'm an alpha. As soon, you can just see this little micro expression on her face. As soon as he calls himself an alpha, it's like, you're not getting a rose. No, no. You see yourself as an alpha? (laughs) Okay, I'm having some second thoughts. I'm getting cold feet. Let's see where Archie is. Oh, at his father's grave. That'll put you in the mood. Because Riverdale's only got one graveyard, and they went to the one where his father's buried. I'm sorry, if you're going to a graveyard for Halloween, you go find the oldest motherfucking graveyard. Yeah, not the one with all the war dead from the recently concluded war. That's not how you do this. You go to the old one. You're eight feet from the teenagers that Veronica's trying to resurrect. And she's like, oh my god, Archie, I'm so sorry. And he's like, no, it's okay. I was just thinking about how my parents used to take us Mm trick-or-treating. They have a very touching moment. And it's about, like, their past together and and everything that they mean to one another. It's very nice. It's very nice. Uh, And Reggie sees them holding hands. And he's like, got it. I am out. (laughs) So, like, let's go to that haunted house, and then I'll check out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and what haunted house do they end up at? They end up at Ethel Muggs' house. <laughs> yep. Because you know what house is going to be haunted? The one the- that was recently had murders. A recent double murder house. And they're like, wow, so this is where it happened, as they <laughs> stare at the carpet where they die. At around this point, Betty has the bright idea to raid the fridge for, quote, 11 up. Yes. So while she's in the kitchen, Reggie's like, hey, I'm going to bounce. And Archie's like, you don't have to do that. And he's like, oh, no, I do. I saw you guys (laughs) holding hands. I'm not an idiot. He's following the pact. He's a good bro. He's a good bro. And Archie's like, okay. Okay. So Betty comes back uh, with some orange soda. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And uh, she's like, where's Reggie? And he's like, he got tired. And she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's nice. That's good. Yeah. Glad he got tired. Glad yeah. he's gone. That alpha boy. <laughs> so over at the Babylon. Back at the Babylon. Uh, things are in full swing. We, we've gone from the, the gathering to the, the show proper uh, that Veronica is introducing. And she name drops the fact that apparently her godfather is Boris Karloff. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so now it is time to resurrect the dead Riverdale High students. Friends and family present in the audience. This is in such poor taste. I am crawling in my seat. And then she says, don't dream it. Be it. So there are on the stage before her four oversized, uh, a rickety looking wooden caskets. Yes. And they open one by one uh, as Tony, Clay. Clay, Kevin, and Cheryl in that order. Uh, uh, perform the parts of the Rocky Horror finale number. Like when they're in the pool at the end? Yeah. They they do that bit. But they come out of coffins. But they come out of coffins. There's no pool. In cheerleader outfits and varsity jackets uh, from Bra- Riverdale. Barry Bostwick is not fighting hypothermia in this case, thankfully. Apparently filming for that scene was miserable. Yes. I remember, I remember that place was apparently very cold. <laughs> So yeah, that's tasteful, Veronica. We did predict that that she would invent like shadow Rock- cast. Uh huh. I did. We- yeah, I I did specifically. Yes, you did. Congratulations. Thank you. This definitely counts. But I don't think either of us for- foresaw them writing the score to the Rocky Horror Show. I eighteen years early. I did specifically mention Rocky Horror when I was talking about shadow casting, but mm-hmm. I was like, what are they going to do it to? Because that doesn't exist yet. <laughs> but you know what? Fuck that. Doesn't matter. I will say, this is a better performance than the Battle of the Bands in Hell from Chilling Adventures. Oh, yeah. Where Sabrina and her friends did the time warp. Yeah, this is much better. Much better. <laughs> much better. Distasteful, but much better. <laughs> it's so fucked up. You know, I immediately also noticed, okay? If it was an urban legend, but, like, these are real, (laughs) recent dead teens. Yeah. So fucked up. I immediately noticed. So, like, Clay, he's got some little, like, gym shorts on and his varsity jacket, but, like, you can see his abs. And he's doing the Rocky verse. And so I'm like, okay, Kevin. Kevin's gonna, like, also come out. Because remember, we're like, Casey Cott's become, like, ripped over the past few years. No, no, no. He become ripped. No. No. Boy's got a tank top, keeps his jacket on. He looks dang good in it, though. He does. Like, he does. But I was like, oh, come on. He's put in all that work. Let him show it off. It's the, it's, you're doing the song. You're doing the very nude song. Let the boy be nude. I do kind of think it's weird that Veronica does the Frankenfurter lines. Like very weird. Oh, you you wanted to you were a kid and you realized you wanted to dress up in in glamorous gowns. It's not shocking, Veronica. You're as, a as you wear, you're, you're a Hollywood starlet. That's that's normal. As she like just wears like and you're a, wearing a tuxedo. Yeah, form fitting tuxedo, and it's not at all scandalous. Her <laughs> witch's costume was more scandalous. Yeah. She she sure. made them both work really well, but no, there's there's not very much she, scandal in, in she, wearing a. She looks like she's dressed for an early production of Cabaret. Yes. Not Alan Cumming Cabaret. But but Joel Gray Cabaret. Joel Gray Cabaret doesn't really fit. <laughs> it's a little strange. 
But while they're performing, the teens are, of course, going wild. People love it. Our our four dancers are grinding upon one another with the oh, yeah. explicit encouragement in the lyrics. But who's that at the back door? It's it's Alice Cooper in her Sven makeup. Yeah. And she specifically enters the scene on the line erotic nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> we know Alice has erotic nightmares. She has a spooky Mormon hell dream. <laughs> Mormons can give I'd like to see them try. I I want that to be her, like, spooky hell dream, though. It's yeah. like, what? No! <laughs> that won't exist for 40 years! Um, so she is shocked mm-hmm. and just slowly walks away. Appalled, even. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Reggie is walking down the road. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Julian and the other bulldogs. The bone crew, up. the bone boys! The, the boner baron. And at first it's really creepy because you see like the one guy like with his baseball bat and you like think like, oh shit, are they going to like baseball bat Reggie? But no, what they do instead is say, hey, Reg, you're on the team. Let's go raise hell. We're going to drive into Greendale and fuck some shit up. And he's like, nah, guys, I already told you. And they're like, what, you got something better to do? And he thinks, no. No, actually, I don't. I, actually. I don't. Why not? He climbs on in. The only person in his own skin and a leather spaceman suit among the bone boys. Yes. Archie and Betty are um, just sitting on the mugs' bed. uh, And Archie lays down his smoothest line. Well, here we are, I guess. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Really setting the mood. I'm really nervous and I want to kiss you. And she's like, yeah, I re- yes, I feel the same. We should do kissing now. And so they do kissing now. Until, at the corner of her eye, through the gauzy drapes, for, uh, uh, Betty sees a milkman in the window. And she's like, oh my fucking god! There's a milkman! And Archie runs to the window and he's like, there's nothing here. And she's like, um, let's leave. And as they are leaving... They don't see it, but we see it. There is fresh milk bottles mm-hmm. on the table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The The show has ended at the Babylonium. Everyone's gone home, and the Veronica and her boys are cleaning up all the streamers and the crepe paper, and it's, it's a big mess, but boy, was it a success. And Veronica's like, hey, what if... We made a regular thing of showing really cheap to, to uh, license monster movies, but we made it really, really fun. And we did it at, like, midnight. Veronica, that's already your business model. So they already do? You do this! It's your, you already came up with this! The only difference is, like, I guess midnight? Is that it? What? What are you talking about? And they're like, yeah, that's nice, but, but like... But also, you're homeless. You want to talk about that? Yeah, y- you're living here. Why are you living here? Is something wrong with you and your parents? And she's like, oh, well, yes, I am temporarily staying here when the Pembroke goes under reservations. Everything is totally fine. Completely peachy, boys. And so they leave. And <laughs> <laughs> eh, we can get the rest of the streamers tomorrow. So over at Pops, mm-hmm. uh, we got Cheryl, we got Tony, we got Midge, we got Fangs, and it seems like they have since told each other their secrets of, I'm pregnant, I'm a lesbian, and they're like, cool. Cool. 
Yeah, they're just talking about having recently talked and how nice that is. Yes. <laughs> and Tony's like, you know, that kiss, because during during the, the show, if you're yes. going to mention this, is a Cheryl, Cheryl grabbed a Tony. big one on Tony. Big kiss in front of everyone. So Tony's like, you know, that was pretty, like, brazen. She's like, mm, if anyone says anything, I'll just say I was possessed by the spirit of Halloween. It's fine. Uh, Who is Tim Curry? He's come up twice in this episode. Yeah. Tim Curry is the spirit of Halloween. We've even talked about sexy, spooky clowns. That's kind of Tim Curry. Yeah, yeah. It's Tim Curry. Is just That's Halloween. why they say you can get it. It's it's about Pennywise is the it in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But who else is at Pops as we speak? Evelyn. Evelyn Evernever overhears. <gasps> Goodness. She is not happy. Uh, so Archie's dropping Betty at home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's like, this is the best Halloween of my entire life. Even with the boogeyman. And she's like, mine too. And they go to smooch. But then Alice flings open the door and is like, Elizabeth, why are you out so late? And she's like, I thought you weren't my mother anymore. What the fuck, bitch? And she says, well, I, fuck you, you. You still live here, so get inside. <laughs> and as she's closing the door on Archie, she says, get. I love the way she just looks at him and says, get. Get. Like he's a stray dog. Get out of here. He lives next door. <laughs> so at uh, uh, the Babylonium in the office slash uh, bedroom, Veronica has made herself a little impromptu ofrenda. And she's lighting a candle for Abuelita mm-hmm. all alone. And someone else. I, I'm not sure who. It was a very old picture of some man. Papa Poutine. Probably. <laughs> Her other godfather, Papa yeah, Poutine. Yeah. Uh, and she she has a little moment, and she looks at a picture of her and her parents all dressed up. Her dad is dressed as a matador. <laughs> I think a more mariachi, but still, he is... Either way. As Mexican as he's ever been. <laughs> and she clutches that photo to her, and definitely is, like, very sad mm-hmm, that she mm-hmm. is, you know, completely alone. And yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, Jughead is dropping Ethel off at uh, Brad Rayberry's house. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's like, hey, do you want to come in? And he's like, oh, I'm kind of tired. Also, I haven't fed a hot dog yet. It's past midnight. What are you talking about? What the fuck is wrong with you? Dinner. He hasn't fed him dinner yet. (sighs) He got breakfast, but like dinner. So he's like, so I'll see you later. Uh, hope that's okay. And she is definitely disappointed. Yeah, yeah. He's the most oblivious man alive. He, she's she's making eyes. She's making all kinds of eyes. She's like, oh, yeah, like, that's okay, Jughead. I'll, I'll see you later. So she goes in. And we see someone in the shadows. Bum, bum, bum. Who could it possibly be? But Jughead is, like, walking down the hallway, and who comes out? It's the, the fucking cat lady from before. And she's like, oh, I thought you might be the milkman. And he's like, what do you mean? She's like, I heard bottles jingling. And he turns and is like, holy fuck, and runs down the hallway. And the door to the apartment's locked. So he has to body slam it mm-hmm, and they mm-hmm. do a cool like camera pan yes, the, the camera follows his body uh uh slam 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 much like uh i it's i'm sure it's meant to be a reference to the shining where the camera follows the axe head yeah going into the door also recreated in uh uh 
the Doctor Who episode Fear Her from 2006. Yeah. <laughs> and so he eventually breaks down the door and falls through the door onto the floor right next to the dead milkman. While Ethel stands over them both covered in blood, holding a knife and saying, I told them there was a milkman. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> So, so, the milkman, we've seen, seen or heard, commit, like, four attacks mm -hmm. at two addresses. Mm-hmm. Milkman always returns to the scene of the crime. Yes. Uh, and so, then we go to Frank waking up Archie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That there's been an accident. A car went over the bridge with bulldogs in it. And Archie's like, are there any survivors? And he's like, we don't know. And then we pan over to Reggie's unslept in bed. Mm -hmm. The end. The end. Double cliffhanger. What? Who knows how many dead people what? there are? At least one. There's a milkman. Those He's dead. The the Blossom Boys are fated to die. This is true. This is true. In every timeline. So, darling, what did you think of chapter 128, Halloween? Two. I I enjoyed this episode a lot. Yeah. There was like some good gags. I really liked the shit with Reggie and Archie and their stupid ass costumes. It was very cute. I forgot to mention that this is the last Power of Two episode we're going to have. Power of Two? Like writers? No, no, I mean like the number 128 oh. is double 64, which is double 32. Eventually you get all the way down to two. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Does that matter? No, but I i mean, a few weeks ago we had a, a five cubed, a chapter 125. I was totally aware of that. I think I mentioned it on, on the recording. Ah! <laughs> numbers, numbers, numbers. <laughs> business, business. Tim Curry's not in that one, dear. What did you think of this episode? Last week isn't quite right because we took a break for a little while. But I feel about this one very much the way I felt about uh, the previous episode, which is, like, season seven is still not trying to, like, wow me or impress me with, like, its twists or events. But it is delivering, particularly with Reggie. I'm really happy yeah. with Reggie this yeah. year. And uh, Veronica, solid second place showing this week. Showing me good moments with like, yeah, that's why I've been showing up for these characters 128 times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there, yeah, there's nothing like wow about it, but it was fun. Like, this episode was fun. Riverdale, in its its final victory lap, has decided to be pleasant. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Which is strange, because we still have, like, murders <laughs> yeah. and shit, and, like, homophobia and shit going on, but it's, like, the most pleasant it's ever been. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And I think it's because of shit, like, the boys, like, yes. being little goof-offs The boys, the other, boys. Like, it's all about the boys. Just acting like kids in their rooms. Like, that's yes. the thing, is there, there are moments where, like, they're actually acting like kids and teenagers. Mm -hmm, More than mm -hmm. they ever did when they were teenagers at the beginning of the show. The high points, the high points of Riverdale season seven are exactly the same as High School Musical, the musical, the series. Yes! <laughs> Particularly season one. Which is going to have its final season. 
<laughs> High School Musical, the musical, the series, the final season. Yes. It's coming. <laughs> I will watch it. You heard it here first, because no one else would ever make that comparison. <laughs> no one else would be that invested in both of these programs to find parallels between them. Yeah. Okay, so this made me think, because you mentioned it, made me think yes. of how the one girl uh-huh. was in the Broadway production of uh, Into the Woods, Into the Woods, which yes. then made me think about musicals, which then made me think about Hades Town, and we've never talked about the fact that we've seen Julian on stage. That's true. <laughs> so we knew about this before season seven even started airing. We've just never mentioned it on the air. So the actor that plays Julian Blossom, before he played Julian Blossom, uh-huh. he was in the national tour cast of Hades Town as. Orpheus. We saw him. We, we saw, saw him, him from like 30 feet away or however far back like our row was. April like 2022. Maybe May. April or May 2022. We, we were under the overhang yeah. in the Cadillac, so it was more than 30 feet. That's that's a bad estimate. But we totally but saw him yes. <laughs> in that, and we've never mentioned it. We like get off, we stop recording, and we're like, man, we forgot to mention it again. <laughs> And if it wasn't for you mentioning High School Musical, the musical, the series, uh huh, and doing that loop, we would have never gotten it out. Never would have. Never would have. So there you go. All comes full circle here. I really like Hades Town. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. They're not going to do it on Riverdale. No. Because they're going into the realm of original songs. They're finally doing the Buffy method of a, a musical episode. <sighs> well, I mean, we've got. A background in it in writing musicals. Are are we talking about Roberto here? Yes. Writing the books for uh, uh, American Psycho, the musical, yeah. and the revamped book version two point of Spider Man: Turn Off the Dark. Yeah, maybe he's gonna bring in his friends. Maybe he's be like, "Hey, you come write a <laughs> his song, and you Bono? come write a song, and you write a song." <laughs> if Bono writes for Riverdale. <laughs> I'll actually listen to a Bono song. I That's want what that would be. Bono mean. to write a song about pops, <laughs> like milkshakes and hamburgers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, somehow this is our last chance for Pop Tate to have a song. Yeah, can he sing? I don't know. We've never had a chance to find out. I think he could do it. The thing, the thing that people don't tell you is particularly with musicals. Anyone can do it. You just need to portray character in your voice. Yeah. You think people would line up to listen to fucking Carol Channing sound like a strangled cat? <laughs> if it weren't for the the surrounding like infrastructure of being in a play? Yeah. Anybody can sound good in a musical. Rex Harrison didn't even sing. He just talked rhythmically. People ate that shit up. Okay, not... Everyone can. Just like Russell Crowe still fucking sucked. Well, Russell Crowe had a shitty director. I believe That's Russell Crowe could. He was just was wasn't given the tools to succeed. It was yeah, it was kind of bad. Not every song can be sung by anybody, but anybody can find a musical song that works for them. Oh yeah. Yes. You just have to know what type of character you can play. And then sell that shit. <laughs> Well, I always told my kids when I was teaching, I was like, mm, confidence. Confidence will make you sound ten times better than you are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So just go out and be confident. 
And it doesn't matter that you are so fucking off-key. That might have been Russell Crowe's problem. I don't think he was confident. He wasn't. He totally wasn't <laughs> confident. You could tell that men looked terrified in his eyes. He looked so uncertain about what he was doing. Like, is this okay? No one's told me if this is okay. I'm just gonna sing and I, I'm not sure. <laughs> the fear in that man's eyes. And then they're just like bonking Hugh Jackman in the face of the camera and keeping that take, I swear. <laughs> what happened? What happened? Thank God for Elizabeth Barks and um, yes. uh, Aaron, um, oh, what's his last name? He played Angelus. Tvite? Yes. Tvay, maybe? It's like Tvite or something. He... I don't know if, if it's like of, of the French T at the I end. I don't know how Tvay. you pronounce it, but like he... Oh, he's the guy. He's the guy. He's, the guy. he's so fucking good. Mm-hmm. Broadway darling. He's great. He's from Spring Awakening. The Moulin Rouge. He did do the Moulin yeah. Rouge. Now that's a bad musical. That's a really bad musical. But I bet he was a lot of fun to watch in the bad musical. The, the video of him singing one song is something I will watch again and again and again, even though I do not like the Broadway musical, and I am all about the movie. Absolutely. The Great movie. The movie is awesome, but ooh, that musical <laughs> is so bad. Glad we got those tickets through the $25 lotto. <laughs> it's a nice night for 50 bucks, but oh boy. Pretty to look at. Why did they try to put every single song every in existence? Every song you've ever heard of is in that show. And you know why? Like, okay, you can argue like that's what they do with the movie. It's not though, just it's, watch it. It's, it's not. And also like... All the songs that they inserted for the Broadway musical are from, like, the past ten years. Only. I love Shut Up and Dance With Me, but, like, I... No. The songs that comprise in the elephant, Elephant Love Medley, are as follows. All You Need Is Love, Just One Night, Pride in the Name of Love, Can't Help Fall in Love, Don't Speak, I Love You, Always Forever, It Ain't Me, Babe, Love Hurts, Love Is a Battlefield, Play the Game, Such Great Heights, Torn, take on me. Fidelity, what's love got to do with it? Everlasting love, up where we belong. Heroes, come what may, and I will always love you. That's too many, and too many of the songs they put in are just jokes. They're just like, you know this one from the TikTok? Fuck you. And the thing is, is these songs already had, like, multiple songs in them. And they could have just expanded on the songs that were already in the song and not added more songs to the song. I don't need to hear you sing Chandelier by Sia. No. I don't want that. No, it's really not good. I certainly don't need Hey Ya to appear in the Bows number. No. What are you thinking? So, uh, I hate jukebox musicals. Anyway, what do you think is going to happen in the future of Riverdale? <laughs> Great question. Ethel's going to be reaccused of murdering her parents now. Yeah, yeah. Because they're going to be like, you totally like kidnapped this man to be a milkman and then stabbed him. <laughs> I think Alice is going to start a moral panic to shut down the Babylonium. Oh, but yeah. Because it's easier to do that than make her show any worth watching. Yes. 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 Ooh, so when she starts moral panic, they're going to try to, like, burn it down. And then Kevin and Claire are going to be like, Veronica lives there. We have to save her. She's inside. 
That would be fun. That would be very yeah. good. Oh, their shirts burn off in the flames. Yes. Yeah. Yes. They flex and, and the and the smoke goes away. Yeah. Yeah. And this is finally when like Sheriff Keller comes around to his son being gay because he thought he was gonna lose him and he realized that there's more to life than being yeah. like homophobic and like, no, I'm I love you. I you mean more to me. I'm gonna be better for you. I was afraid that I wouldn't be able to relate to you, but now, son, I see that you're ripped as hell. <laughs> and you could be a firefighter if you wanted. You know, this town needs one. It could also be a boxing gym and a community center. <laughs> we could have people adopt dogs inside the firehouse. It could be a ghost diner. We, we, can, we could have people have a really <laughs> tense, like, standoff with guns in the middle of Thanksgiving dinner. I just got a lot of ideas for the firehouse. I think Evelyn is going to blackmail Midge in order to get her baby raised inside the Ever Never cult. Oh. Am I finally going to see... Father Edgar. Edgar? Yes, please, God. That's all I want. Not next episode, but the episode after. Veronica's going to come up with the idea to show cheap monster movies, but in a really fun way, so all the teens come to the theater. <laughs> Yeah. She'll have this fantastic new idea. Yeah. Yeah. They'll get props this time. <laughs> yeah, they, they might even use the little stage in front of the screen to do some sort of show. And they can come in costume <laughs> if they want. Maybe there's a fun dance that they all do together. <laughs> Paper mache might be involved. This is what happens when there's a writer's strike. <laughs> this is done before the writer's strike. So, so I suppose, while we're talking a little bit about the past and present, let's talk a little bit about the, the near future. Uh, the next episode we're going to talk about, which, at time of recording, has aired, Chapter 129, After the Fall. This is named for a lesser-known Arthur Miller play that is semi-autobiographical about he and uh, uh, Marilyn Monroe's breakup. Mm. An event that is... Mentioned earlier in this season of Riverdale. Yes, it is. <laughs> so what we know, uh, Archie's going to feel like an imposter. Cheryl is not going to shake her pom-poms. Well, Julian might be dead. Yeah, Julian is in a hospital bed. This this episode is going to have a lot of fallout from our, our dual cliffhangers we ended with. Uh, Jughead has questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Betty and Veronica are in swimsuits with maybe Clay and Kevin. Uh, it's definitely tell. Clay and Kevin. Uh, then they're in sunglasses they're at twinsies. a show. They, everything they do, they do together. I'm thinking it might be like the bandstand show or like mm. Br Betty's parents show. And they're trying to like be like, hey, you don't recognize us. We're wearing sunglasses. <laughs> uh -huh. um, but they're, they're running some sort of scam together. Or maybe yeah. they're just really hung over together. They're very bloodshot. Uh, Ethel wants to tell her story. But uh, she seems to not be trustworthy in the eyes of the law, perhaps because she was found standing over a stabbed-to-death man. Betty uh, feels different from everyone else, probably because she's horny all the time. Maybe <laughs> all the she time. should see a doctor. She did. It went poorly. A real doctor. That's true. That's fair, yeah. Uh, and that's about it. That's about it. I'm excited to talk about this one. 
Uh, like we've alluded to, if you are coming from the future and binge listening, we took a couple weeks off. We had a family vacation plan that lined yeah. up in the middle of the season of Riverdale. Yeah. That's just the way things crumble. Yeah. So we're uh, going to try to catch up. We might do a, a double episode week this week or next, or yeah. eventually we're going to try to get present. No, no plans on when that will be exactly, but well, yeah, it's a really fun show to make. We just have other, like commitments through a lot of days of a lot of weeks so yes. we'll, we'll see yes yeah we'll, we'll get there maybe that's what we do over the long holiday weekend that's true Celebrate we've got a big long holiday weekend coming up nothing says america like archie you know it's a point they've made several times on this very program yeah, yeah. <laughs> one way or another yeah but in any case, we are back. We are energized. We are ready to talk about these dang dang teams. And if you'd like to join us along with that, you can follow us. You can follow along at sex underscore Archie on Twitter, where we do all sorts of announcementing. Yeah. You can also do announcements to your friends and tell them to watch or listen to our show. Uh-huh. 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 If I ever just walked up to my friends and started doing announcements. <laughs> They would expect it. I'm I'm kind of that kind of guy. Yeah, that wouldn't be so strange for me. So but I can imagine that being strange for other people. Yeah. Uh, well, if if you're a little intimidated by that, you can also go announce to the world by leaving us a rating and a review. Please, 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 please. Only if it's five stars. Fuck that person who gave us like two. <laughs> How dare they? <laughs> I'll forever hold it against you. A one star I respect, a two star. May the milkman come and get you. That just makes me curious. That gets under my skin. Okay, you don't like us, but why the extra star? Are you afraid of the wrath of the milkman? <laughs> is that it? You think that star is going to save you? There's probably like one joke they really liked. Yeah. 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 If you don't have anything nice to say. <laughs> if you don't have anything superlatively nice to say. <laughs> Five star best show ever. Uh, yeah. 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 Anything to promote? No, I've been out of town for a couple weeks. <laughs> so with that, I'm Lena. I'm Grant. And from us here at Sex Archie. Drink powdered milk. can't see that something's in my teeth. I know, but it's I, a pod you don't gotta just point I can see. Other side. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Good job. Good job.